there's still time to enter our weird contest. It's our first interview. Protests in D.C. and at Worldcon. We correct some errors from our last show. All this and more on The Lefty. Wendy Sheridan, and you're listening to the Leftscape Podcast, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hello, I am Robin Renee. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. And I just wanted to say that it's August 29th when this show goes live. We're recording it a few days earlier on a Friday, the 24th of August. But there are still a couple of days left for you to post your limericks for our weird contest that we're running this month. Uh, So if you have some creative flash of insight for a humorous limerick about the GOP, post it on your social media on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag Leftscape and, and tag us somehow like at Leftscape and let us see it. We've been getting a few entries. They're pretty hilarious. And yeah. um, uh, first show in September, we're going to have our finalists. We'll read them out. And oh, we'll send we you weird stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the weird prizes stuff. will be weird stuff. We're, we're being very secretive <laughs> about it. <laughs> weird, weird stuff from our personal weird collections of stuff. This week is National Safe at Home Week. I just thought I'd mention that the last week of August. And uh, we want you all to be safe at home. I try to be. Does that mean safe at home as opposed to out somewhere and possibly not being safe? Or does that mean that at home, your home could be safer if you really tried? I I also, I think it's, I'm taking it to mean like, don't fall down in the the shower. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, put the little thing, flowers on the floor. <laughs> what uh, else is going on this week? It's also the International Day Against Nuclear Tests. And mm-hmm. August 30th is the International Day of the Disappeared. Um, mm, that's that, interesting. Yeah, and I guess that's the day where, um, you're, where people are reminded that people have like fallen off the face of the earth for whatever reason like if they were kidnapped by bad people or have just gone missing and no one knows where they are yeah yeah latin america that i think that it started in latin america this international day of disappeared Mm. and and uh uh scary there's some scary things went on it's uh Krishna Janmashtami, and that is the celebration of Krishna's birthday, which this year happens on September 2nd. So I will probably be going to temple at midnight to celebrate, and it's it's a very joyous occasion. What should we do to celebrate? Uh, What should you do to to celebrate? You can uh, offer sweets and flowers if you want to sort of be worshipful of Krishna. You can just um, be a joyful person and do some chanting, and I think that would be awesome. <laughs> and it's September 2nd, right? September 2nd, yeah. And and Labor Day is going to happen while uh, while between our episodes, and, uh, and I think, was it Mary, you have some Labor Day facts oh well i when we're all barbecuing and and having fun we got to remember that the whole point of the day is to celebrate labor the labor unions who have given us all kinds of things that we just take for granted now but before the labor unions came into being and got uh got things organized uh you would end up working six seven and a half days a week Seven and a half. Okay. Six and a half days a week. Uh, you know, you'd get a half day on Sunday or something. And 
And it would also be uh, 12 hours a day, some people would end up getting stuff working and you had no say about it. So I think that the labor has done great things for us. Plus, I know that I got a raise this year, so Yay. I'm really happy about that. And it was my labor union that, uh, the teachers union that uh, um, negotiated that contract. So labor is a good thing. And, and it's really something to remember too, now that so many of the states are possibly becoming right to work states because right to work is not what it sounds like. It doesn't mean it's a right to work. It means that um, it's, it's the right to not join the labor union so that you don't have to get paid by the big bosses who own the companies um, what you deserve. So there, there's my little rant. Well, we'll Thank also, you. We have, and I think uh, there's a news item that may be related to this that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, oh, you know, yeah, and I also forgot about uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Too. He's anti-labor, so. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we have a bunch of birthdays happening. Yes, we have uh, Michael Jackson's birthday is today. It's also the birthday of Gigi Allen, who was a very a weird, disgusting punk rocker. <laughs> and much much of legend and uh yeah so <laughs> you might want to google Gigi allen you might not it's up to you <laughs> and it's also the birthday of glenn walker today who was a dear friend of mine who passed away uh in at the end of last year he would have been 54 he was a pop culture writer and um also a huge fan of ours and was really looking forward to our podcast and in fact i was expecting that he would be our first guest on this show so it's kind of um kind of bittersweet when we first got started but i know um he's listening somewhere well <laughs> so. i guess kind of in vaguely in his honor this is our first podcast where we do have a guest um we we have an interview with uh with my friend joy denneboim who uh we'll be talking to later in the show so yes. it's kind of Glenn, I'm I'm gonna take this as Glenn Walker is is saying yes, it's time for you to start having your your people on the show, and if it can't be me, it'll be somebody else. Mm, so, awesome. thank yes. you. Is Wendy putting putting the putting the words of the dead putting words of the dead into their mouths that they didn't say? So, <laughs> <laughs> um. And, uh, what happened on this day? Yeah, in the year 1533, Francisco Pizarro ordered the death of the last Incan king of Peru, Atahualpa, which is a lovely day to remember. Um, and then in 1825, Portugal recognized the independence of Brazil. Mm-hmm. And this is also the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, making its second landfall as a Category 3 hurricane. Um, and I believe this is when the second landfall is when it hit uh, Louisiana and especially New Orleans. Um, it ended up killing more than 1,800 people and caused over $100 billion in damage. Uh, and uh, Katrina is, I think, um, even was it 13 years later? I'm not sure that the areas devastated by it have completely recovered. I wanted to talk about a couple of things that we mentioned in our previous show. We had the Robert Reich's rules for 2018, and they actually were misattributed. I happened to notice in Snopes that it says that those rules have been floating around the internet, but he did not put those out. Okay. So okay. it was just not him who said them, although they were for the most part pretty useful things. Well, although his his list of things to do for a restful summer were were similar, right? Yeah, I think I, as far as I know, those are were his. Um, I guess we could look that up as well. But I think I think that one's accurate. I, I definitely saw that this 
last one rules for 2018 were not his but uh, that's but still my use- fault i keep doing that i keep not checking on snopes before i post things i have yeah. to be better at that <laughs> I, I well, take it's, it's an easy thing to mistake with. It's not something that would even seem suspect, or why would someone fake that? It's very strange, you know. Yeah, I guess so. they put his name on it because it gives it more gravitas, maybe. I, I or it sounds so. like something he would say. Well, right. it sounds like something he did say because he's putting yeah. out things similar to that, and and it mm-hmm. wasn't a video; it was a, a static uh, photo. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to believe it's him unless I see him drawn on the whiteboard <laughs> in fast motion. So, right. And the other thing that we have, um, my friend Teddy Gellibert actually got in touch with us through the Robin Renee fan page, and he he said, uh, "My librarian's heart won't let this go." <laughs> the, the rod of Asclepius, I believe, is okay. the correct. I should have asked him for this pronunciation. Uh, but the rod of Asclepius is the medical symbol. The caduceus was the sign of Hermes. It is often used incorrectly here in the U.S. in place of the rod of Asclepius, which has only one snake. Oh, my God. Okay, oh. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, that, that's an yeah. interesting one. Yeah, and it's very funny, too, new. because we were talking about um, making sure we put accurate information out on the Internet if we're doing activism uh, on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> so well. we got a couple things wrong. But um, it happens. So we're... hey, well, at least we fess up right away as soon as we find out, as yes. opposed to other people who will double down. <laughs> That's right, and it's actually cool. I I want to check out this the Wikipedia link to the correct uh, symbol of medicine is. Uh, we'll put it on the site because it's um yeah, it's interesting I, to to know about that. I didn't realize it. I didn't know those were two different things, and I never heard of the rod of Asclepius. Or so the difference the difference between the two is one has one snake and one has two snakes. Well, there might be more differences. Yeah, so. the other one, the, the Caduceus also has the Hermes wings you see it often with. I'm not yeah. sure if that's the official part of it or not. Um, but so that it does have a different appearance. And it's, I guess one was sort of substituted for the other uh, in the, the 1800s, possibly, or might, maybe even before. I, I started to look at the link. I don't, don't quote me on that, but I'm going to... Uh-huh. Read up so, on that and learn learn about those symbols. So we're not the only one who has made that mistake. Yeah. No, it was made long ago, and we just kept repeating it. <laughs> we're, we're the Lepscape, where we where we will fess up to our errors. So, <laughs> Thank that's you. Exactly. <laughs> So my friend Ann Sabah and I were uh, down in the D.C. area um, around the time that the Unite the Right 2 rally was happening. I actually had a show at in Columbia, Maryland, so I was there for the weekend. And we felt like we have to do something. You know, I felt like I don't think I could stand by while that was happening and not go counter-protest or do something. And we went back and forth about it for a while. Um, honestly, it was really kind of a scary proposition because it's it's protesting people that they don't just have a different opinion they really do not want me on the continent or alive or something you know um so it was really kind of a daunting thing um but i i think we were pretty determined to to go i wanted to go and then we just had logistical things her husband wanted to be with us and he was going to be working late and all this so we didn't wind up going and i felt really conflicted about it um, so we came up with the idea of why not just stage something where we are, you know, and she lives in Fairfax and we decided to just go on the street corner in Fairfax where, um, about a mile from where the Unite the Right people got on the train, I believe actually to go to DC okay. and we made our own signs. We made signs that said, you know, celebrate diversity and, um, honk if you honk for racial justice and things like that did people honk people honked people were it was a really empowering exciting thing that wound up being oh wow it was super cool that's really cool 
we got a fist bump from a from a cop actually because <laughs> we saw this one the you know police car coming up and we're like oh here we go right and it turned out to be like really cool and um we did get a lot of positive feedback it was one of those things where at first i was like oh this is going to be like a cop out or something and it turned out to be exciting because we just sort of created our own thing and made a happening that where no one was expecting one and i think when i wound up thinking about it at the end it was kind of like adding five more people to the crowd that was there in DC wouldn't have made a difference. (laughs) But it was kind of cool to be somewhere where no one was thinking they were going to find an action and to see one. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That that is really cool because there's a lot of people going around and we've discussed this already on our show of, of people thinking, oh, I can't get out to a march, I can't do this, I can't do that, and feeling guilty about it. But, but there are things you, you can do in a smaller way. You can organize something uh, smaller like you just did. That's inspiring. It was cool, and I would, I would love to talk sometime about other types of things that we could create like that, just sort of where we are, you know? Yeah, I, I want to talk about that right now. We have a little uh, soundbite that you recorded when you oh, were cool. standing on the corner. Yes. Uh, yes, it's just Anne and I, uh, Anne Sabah, who I hope to have on this show at some point. She is a uh, life coach and she specializes in highly sensitive persons. And mm-hmm. that's a really, I think that's a cool topic. But our topic of the day was just, you know, what it's like to be out, be dissenting and creating our own celebration on the street. Uh, so. Yeah, so take a listen to that. I would like to ask you, Anne, what, um, you were really adamant about wanting to do something today. Can you tell me yeah. what your thoughts are about this? Well, I would have loved to be bold enough to go downtown. It was a little bit of a hard decision to do it either way, one way or another, um, you know, just because of potential safety reasons, but... You know, this sounded like a great idea to just do it where you are. And here we are at the corner of Plantation Parkway and Lee Highway. I mean, the names say it all. Exactly. So. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad we're out here. This is, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I think it's maybe a little more unexpected. Quite. That's what I'm thinking about it, so. Okay. Cool. Lots of things going on this week. Yeah. Or when we recorded this. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess we're going to break the, the Manafort story before the late night comedy uh, <laughs> talk show people do because Steven they're Colbert. all out. They're all on break this week. And it's <laughs> like, I bet they're, they're, they're like tearing their hair out. It's like, why am I on vacation when all the shit's finally happening? <laughs> <laughs> Missing okay. a big scoop. Yeah. 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 So Manafort convicted, exactly. <laughs> convicted of eight counts and we've got um, Michael Cohen pleading guilty and cooperating. So that's going to be, I mean, everyone's talking about this, so I don't know that we have to talk about it ad nauseum, but it's going to be an interesting ride to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just reading something this morning about it. They were interviewing somebody who was on the jury for Manafort. And in the interview, they were wearing a MAGA hat. And oh, yeah. The, and the, did you see that? I read, I read yeah. some of what she said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and how how she had approached the the whole trial being um, biased, but she eventually, you know, had her mind changed for those eight counts anyway. But she said there was one, one uh, other person that was the handout, which just kind of shows that it's really hard to find a jury where, where the people are going to be unbiased from one way to the other. Yeah. Or not be not aware of the case, which is kind of, would be startling to me to find anyone who's not aware of this that's happening right now. Um, Another thing that's, that's going on um, in 
a lot of the prisons in the United States and Canada is, and, and it's actually spreading internationally in solidarity, is um, there's a prison strike that's taking hold in prisons across America. Um, it's kind of hard to get reliable information out because as these things start up, the, the people running the prisons are confiscating everybody's uh, cell phones and they're limiting their communication out. So it's a lot of times it's hard to get the information out. But it sounds like um, protesters, protesters are on hunger strikes and, um, you know, and I think that's the main thing that they're doing is, is the hunger strikes. There's a hunger strike, I think, in Folsom Prison in California. Well, what is it they're and striking they're protesting, about? They're protesting um, the, the labor practices inside the prisons. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's basically it's slave labor and they're, um, they're, they don't want to be forced to work. And if they are working, I think they are they are demanding, um, you know, like decent wages because a lot of times prison labor is paid at like you know fifty cents a dollar an hour or something like that. Um, uh, someone in in Nova Scotia released a statement saying that they're being warehoused as inmates, not treating as, as human beings. Um, and these hunger strikes are spreading across the world in other countries uh, to to be in solidarity with the incarcerated Americans. Um, and this is something uh, I guess that's ongoing. And and as we get more information, we'll let you guys know. Uh, we will post links to the articles that I found about it um, on our website. Uh, there was a an article in the Guardian and um, on Alternet which had links to a lot of different places. But the protests are going on in California and Florida and New York um, and other areas too. So that's something uh, that it's kind of, I think it's also, you know, kind of relates to the remembrance of the entire labor movement. Um, And just because somebody's in jail does not mean they stop being human and that they should be treated as people. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. And it, it just also reminds me that um, we were discussing at a meeting for uh, National Organization for Women that it, in here in New Jersey discussing the conditions that women are imprisoned here uh, are really deplorable and has to be something about it. They're fighting to get something done about this uh, health reasons and... Uh, the, the women being taken advantage of, too. Mm. Just not good. So this is something to look into. And the other thing that I noticed this week was uh, the Scottish government is redoing their biographies and the information that they are uh, posting on John A. MacDonald, who is considered to be the father of can- of. of Canada. He he was, um, I guess, the first. Um, I'm not sure if he was the first prime minister or the first colonial governor of of Canada back in the in the 1800s. Um, but he was also responsible for instituting the um, the schools for the indigenous population, where oh, they took yes. all the kids away. And um, Canada has, you know, they, this is the Canadian equivalent, I think, of the uh, Confederate statues. They, they've, been, they've been taking monuments to him down. And the Scottish government is kind of, they're starting to distance themselves from him, or they're going to, they pulled down his, uh, his, his page on their, on their national website. And I think they're going to basically rewrite it with a more realistic treatment of his life and what he did rather than just saying how great he is with ignoring all of the, so, the yeah, shitty not, things he did not whitewashing mm-hmm. and yes and thank you yes thanks for rephrasing that they're 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 unwhitewashing uh his his uh his biography and and i think that's that's a step in the right direction So it's Thursday, August 
2018. We are in uh, San Jose in my hotel room across the street from the World Science Fiction Convention, Worldcon 76, that's happening. I've got Cheryl Martin and Joy Denebheim. All right, I can't say Denebheim. Denebheim. Mm -hmm. Okay. And these are two people I've known for probably over 20 years from the Babylon 5 Usenet group. No. No. Probably yes. only a year and so. Well, okay. <laughs> Jay, you know of Jay, yes. Jay is now Joy, and we're, uh, and, and I'm, I wanted to find out why she decided to transition at 58. 58. Because I've been. I'm transitioning from like a woman into a crone and it's been driving me crazy, the old woman thing, and I didn't think anybody would want to be an old woman voluntarily. <laughs> so But I'm not a young woman now, am I? Because no. I just started on hormones. I'm a fourteen year old girl. Okay. So that's so so is that That wasn't why I did it. No, I did it because um I've been thinking about transitioning well okay I haven't been th and that was why I didn't do it I never thought about transitioning what I wanted was the hormones okay because I thought I would be much happier if I was on female hormones okay and uh, it turns out I was right it just took me a long time to to actually uh, do it I for me the reason why it was so long is I never wanted to transition socially I did not want to I, I never felt the need to cross-dress. I never needed to appear female to people. I just wanted to be female. Does that okay. make sense? And I didn't, um, up to the, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? Uh, I never thought that I could actually get people to prescribe me hormones because if I just wanted to have the hormones and not uh, progress, that not, 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 socially and as you can see I well as you but can't see because it's an audio but you have you have I have but that was different okay that was a year in I looked at myself in the mirror and I said oh that's a pretty woman I think I'm going to start presenting female <laughs> okay <laughs> and, and that's what started the whole female thing now I will say that that all this has been a surprise you know I wanted the hormones and um, Again, all right, I did it the wrong way, all right. I didn't think a doctor, I didn't, hadn't finished what I was going to do, ADD. Um, I was, my shrink says that I always, when I talk, I always talk around the point, but you can get by, you can tell what it is that I'm trying to say by listening and, and filling in the hole. <laughs> and she said, you know, I used to try to, keep you on focus and then I figured out that I can't keep you on focus and it's okay because you're actually addressing the subject except you're going all around it. Okay, anyway, uh, she says going around it. This um, has been my life for 24 years. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I wanted to, uh, uh, I never thought I could, could um, I, I, I never even thought of coming out to a doctor or anything or even talking about it to anybody because I didn't think I was legitimate. And um, why didn't you think you were legitimate? I didn't think that anybody again, I didn't think that anybody would give me hormone scripts if I wasn't intending to present female to the world. Okay. So you wanted to be you so you were female. I just wanted just my inside. I wanted I figured well, my brains. Yeah. You know, the thing is that, that as far as the hormones go, yeah, I got boobs and yeah, I got you know, nicer skin and yeah, I had the fat redistribution, but the main thing that changes and it's almost immediate is the brain chemistry really? and you start thinking different you start feeling different you start see that's what taking, I getting different values the that's the biggest change is the mental change and that's what I was always after that's what I can I figured you that can I would you be, elaborate on that because that I find that fascinating uh -huh. just from I, I don't know what my brain is <laughs> I, I hated myself I didn't like people taking pictures of me I didn't like pictures of me there's very few photographs of me um, and well, not now. Now there's now I've lots. got thousands of <laughs> no joy. Jay has like as I was saying earlier, Jay has there's maybe forty photographs of, of of Jay over the first fifty eight years of my life, and now I've got a thousands of joys. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll take every time I put, you know, like especially when I was starting, every time, all right, first of all, when I, when I was first starting, it's like every day I take a picture of myself nude in the mirror because I wanted to catch every change as it happens. And then I went on and I did this for a couple of months and then I said, there's no changes. So God, you know, it's like, fuck this. And then I stopped. Okay. So if you're going to transition, definitely take pictures of yourself, but do it once a month. Don't, don't do it every day. <laughs> it's not going to, it doesn't work like that. Well, you could do a, you could do a time-lapse video. I know some, pictures. Be, some people have done that. And, um, I haven't found any good, uh, I was looking, this was one of the things I was looking for was, was a good transition, female transition time-lapse. Oh. Um, also it sneaks up on you. You know, it's like, um, well, because it's very incremental. It is. It is. Like, like one, what came, one of the, my, my latest surprise is I'm a fat woman. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, you used to have pictures of me and I was a fat guy, okay? Now if you take a picture of me, I'm a fat woman because all the fat has moved from my stomach into places that women carry their fat. And so it's okay. I'm still fat. You know, people say, oh, you've lost weight. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually moved, but that's okay. You know, I, I have the jiggly arms and the, you know, all the feminine female stuff. And not enough here, like mo most women, you know, I never oh, have enough I would, top. I would. <laughs> Except for you, I know I trade no, you. No, I would, I would gladly yes, get less give of me these. As much as yes. I, it's like, I'll take whatever you're. It's like to. the stuff slapping on my belly button is like not fine. Right. Like, well, again, I. <laughs> Mine are still perky because <laughs> well, I'm, I'm jealous because you're 14. Well, that's because I'm 14. I just you know they're still they're still growing. They're still that, growing, that so it's like I've got young. My breasts are young. No, they don't. Most most do. Okay. Mine have um, some uh, some of the women are saying yeah I bump into the wall and I feel like screaming. I've been lucky so far. I'm getting growth, but I don't get the pain. Okay. So, I don't know. I also didn't feel the heart attacks when I had. You had a heart attack. I had a, oh, yeah, you you should. You, I don't remember. I had a heart attack My, in two thousand. Oh, see, that's a and, long time ago, and, and I well, don't it's remember. a long time ago, but it's when we were interacting on Usenet all the time. Okay, right? Because that was like that was the heyday of Usenet. Yes. And um, actually, and that was how, that was when I dropped out of most of my moderating is, is it didn't seem as important anymore after I <laughs> came back from my heart attack. Um, but um, back to this trend. Uh, yeah. See, Cheryl, where was I? I'm, I'm no I have idea. no idea. Um, We're talking about boobs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if all trans women are obsessed with their breasts, but... The, all trans women are obsessed with their breasts. <laughs> how they're growing, the changes in the nipple, because male nipples and female nipples are different, so the areolas... Yeah. Well, it's bigger now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's different. It's, it's, it is it more different. sensitive? Oh God, yes. yes. <laughs> and I, smile. I, I'm smiling. A friend of mine is uh, transitioning male, and um, I looked at him and I said, "Yeah, the boobs aren't any fun anymore, are they?" <laughs> he's still got great, you know. He's 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 kind of early on, although he's very hairy. Uh, and, but he still has these great boobs. And I said, yeah, they're not as fun anymore, are they? And, and he says, no, they're not any fun at all. <laughs> so once you get different things, I mean, you know, uh, as far as, I don't know if you want to go here, but um, I'll go anywhere. Female skin is extraordinary to be in. It's amazing. I okay. Love, I love having because uh, that's one of the things that changes absolutely is because your skin cells change so much, you get female skin. Okay. And I didn't know there was like six. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't oh, know that was much. a thing. No, I know. I've been read that's one thing I remember reading from your social media is because yeah. when it when you were like amazed with the new quality of your skin. Oh yeah. It's softer well, feel me. and. Um, okay. More you know, sensitive. She likes to also, be touched. On I also liked it. Well, that's why I say feel me. <laughs> back in the back in the old days, oh, I, I remember you time. being very um, affectionate. I have always been affectionate. Yeah. And I and you. Yeah, I know I've been physical. I've tried to pick you up and try to get in your pants. I'll still try to get in your pants because now I'm a lesbian. I'm still just. <laughs> the only difference, I still look at women as much as I always look, but in addition to admiring their bodies, I'm also looking at their at what the clothes, clothes and their makeup. <laughs> Yes, that's the other thing. You guys, you guys are also living a poly lifestyle, yeah. and that's um, 
and that's relevant to our podcast as well. Yes, so, okay. yes it is. It is. I, you know what? Um, yeah, my it other worked out well for me. Is, Robin is is, uh-huh. is also poly, poly? Okay. Yeah, and bi and many and things. Yeah, many, well, many intersectional things. If you're going to transition, it's actually you know it's a lot easier if you've got a poly bi partner because you're going to be the other thing <laughs> and they better be okay with yeah, that gonna, and if they still want penis they're going to have to get it I'm, I'm, I'm in a support group for partners of trans people and it's uh, and for me it wasn't I mean that wasn't it's like okay whatever that makes you happy the thing is she's happy now happy like I've never seen you know and well that's a really good thing yeah yeah. And some of the people are struggling with having to redefine their sexuality because they still love the person, even though the person's a different, different uh, gender presentation. And I was, you know, and I'm pansexual, and I don't really—it's never been a thing for me. So I'm like, you know, whatever. <laughs> we can work out, you know, if you yeah, that sex thing, we can work it out. Okay. No yeah. Yeah. So you can, yeah. Yeah, well, sadly, now it's like, uh, yeah, okay, just just roll over. I'll use the vibrator on you. Gee, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's so okay. romantic. Thank you I, very much. Well, I, I'm going, I'm perimenopausal, so my libido is kind of been weird in my, you know, I'm going through hormonal changes, too. So it's kind of, we caught this thing, you know, thing. cross thing. With, are you are yeah. you doing hormone replacement? I'm not. not, I'm not. Okay. No, no uh, it's not my really. Some of my friends have been saying, yeah, just slip her some hormones and she'll be in a better mood. <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, I, 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 oh, fine, I'm, 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 I'm too much, too much information, Joy. Yes. Um, you've always been. I have always been. I used to be too much information, Jay, and now I'm too much information, oh. Joy. <laughs> that's why we get along. I'm, I'm very good at oversharing and, a oh, lot. Yeah. So, but I, not necessarily when I'm recording and about to publish it. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I don't know whether this will be included or not, but that was the that was the thing is okay. How I transitioned or how I realized what was going on, I actually should probably tell this story. Um, I was at the world's my fortieth annual World Science Fiction Convention, and uh, that was uh, uh, in Kansas City. And when we, um, I have always associated mainly with females. It's like, you know, so when I'm at conventions or whatever, it's, it was always me and six or seven, you know, women whenever we would go out and, and that kind of thing. Uh, some of them had, had husbands that are now dead and stuff like that, but it's mostly me and a bunch of women. And I used to wear, for many, many, like 30 years, I wore a big porn stash because I thought it, it made me look old. Okay. In reality, I didn't really masculinize very much, and so it made me look male. Huh. So, um, my um, my boss uh, was after me that he didn't like my mustache and made me shave it off. Uh, you know, kept kept shaving me until I shaved it off, and and it was getting scraggly at at at, um, at my age. Anyway, so here I am um, going out with women. Uh, with with my shaved mustache and so I you know with a clean face and I kept getting manned would you ladies like a table would you ladies like this and I fitted over my you know when they called me lady I liked it okay. <laughs> I never liked being I was okay I always can you know if you ask whenever you talk whenever I was talking I always refer to myself as a boy I never say man ever I was wow. never comfortable with man um, and I hadn't realized it until I did this, you know, the, that was, a, yeah. So I, I, of course, it's always the, I never want to grow up thing is what I thought it was. But I think it, a lot of it was my transness. Huh. And it's always, you know, um, anyway, so let me finish my story. ADD <laughs> girl. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I go home and after the convention and I really started thinking about it and I've been trying to get hormones for, thinking about getting hormones forever. And the main thing, uh, if, you, if you're if you not going through the actual, you know, if you're too much of a wimp to come out to your, your doctor, the only way you can get hormones is to order them internationally. And um, 
that had me stymied because I couldn't figure out how to pay. You know, the, the first thing was I wasn't able to get hormones. Then I thought, oh, wait a second, now there's international pharmacy, so maybe I can. And then I, I, I went out on the money. I, I just, didn't know how I to do it. I want to note that don't do this. Yeah, don't do this. This is very, this is what you exactly don't want to do. This is very unhealthy. Anyway, so, um, and that was, and I was never able to do it. So I, I found out that, um, there's a place that there, there's an international pharmacy that took Bitcoin, A, and B, it, it suddenly became easy to buy Bitcoins. With I knew Bitcoin was in there. It was going to come up in this story. <laughs> you know, like, okay, how did you, you knew that was going to happen? I just happen. knew. What did you do? Yeah, but I, I have a friend of mine was going, yeah, I know. It's like we're, we're, we're living in the future. We're both doing heavy modification, but boy, you're way more steampunk than I, <laughs> I am because you did it with cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> You are way more, uh, steampunk isn't the right word, you're way more um, uh, cyberpunk. cyberpunk, thank you, yes, you're way more <laughs> cyberpunk than I am because you did it with cryptocurrency. Anyway, um, so now I could do it and it was practical for me to do. So I talked to my uh, oldest trans friend that I've known from Babylon 5, the Babylon 5 news group for ever. I'm not going to say her name. I have it all, I have... Of the thousands of people that read my news group, one of them at least was trans, and they're a friend of mine now. <laughs> and they're not particularly out. So okay. Um, anyway, uh, even though even though they got they it, never mind. Okay, I'm I'm too much. Okay, Kansas City. Kansas City. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so no, no, I, I'm off again. I, I this is after I've gone okay. home. Um, so I talked to I talked to her for a while and you know I said should I do hormones and she was going well you know what you know the hormones will tell you really fast if they're right for you okay and I don't see any particular reason why you couldn't do it for a couple of months to see if you like it or not and to see if it's the right thing um, and you know there, there's some risk involved but then again there's a risk of suicide too so <laughs> you know it's like you most women when they transition are really freaking depressed okay they're really really you know, okay that's it, it, it because um, they're stuck in a man's body uh, in the yeah man's well world it's also the way yeah the society, well the whole the whole, the whole thing they, they're not allowed to express yeah, themselves that as well um anyway so i was talking to my partner here miss cheryl and um she said to me again she was saying that she's going through menopause uh, she says to me, does that mean that your libido is going to go down? <laughs> I said, yes, eventually. Oh, so you should do it. <laughs> um, not quite like that. I just wanted to get that smile on her face. It was, it was closer to that than she'll admit, though. <laughs> anyway, so now I had the means and the opportunity, and I started on the, on, on the hormones. And um, money was really tight, and, and I had to buy the hormones, and I couldn't get them with insurance because I hadn't come out to, you know, because I'm doing it to myself, I'm doing do-it-yourself. Uh, the, um, after a few months, it was like, you know, uh, our, our money was really tight, and uh, Cheryl, my partner, said, um, was saying that, 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 you know, it's like, are, you know, this is kind of, are you done with taking those hormones yet or not? And then uh, a few months later, money was still tight, and I said, well, I'll stop the hormones. And she says, no, no, you <laughs> won't stop the hormones. <laughs> it's, a, it's a necessity. It's a necessity It went at this into point. the necessity category because the difference was amazing. It, I mean, it didn't take long for, no. for Joy to start you know, being happier and being more. Oh, that's awesome. Like yeah. that. It was, it was watching that was just, I can't even describe how that, that was just amazing. Yeah. It was like, like a blossoming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, Into it, the beautiful flower. Yeah. That but you I also now. was trying no, to push her like to come out to her doctor because. Oh, because then you recover. Was si that and, and there's, there's you want better, effects. you it's want risky. better quality drugs. For this. No, 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 no,
Um, <laughs> and Dr. Google. And Dr. Yes. Google. Yeah, that's that was the thing. When I finally came out to my doctor, my, my GP, um, this was like eight or nine months into it. I, I finally, and, and did they notice was, right away? I worked at, no, no, you, they didn't notice. You had to tell them. Yeah, well, it's like I'd been seeing... I. I had been on hormones the whole time I, I was seeing her. Oh, okay. okay. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say what it was, and it's like she'd say, uh, "Well, your 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 um, your blood your white cell count is high, is elevated," and she's really concerned about it because it's remained elevated. Um, but that is a, that that's something that the hormones cause is your white wow. cell count goes up. And um, I saw a hematologist, and they said, "No, nah, it looks it's 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 within range. It's high, but you're still within normal range and stuff, and um, it should be okay." Um, but anyway, yeah, she was. I finally, I came out to my therapist first, and she also Cheryl and my therapist were saying, "You really need to talk to you and the doctor about it. <laughs> this is, you know, you're going to kill yourself." And I was going, "Oh yeah." It's, all right, so I'm killing myself with female hormones and I'm happy. Or I could be killing myself with a gun and not be happy Ugh. is what I could do, you know, or, or a car or whatever if I'm depressed enough to, to, to do it. Um, the the um, suicide rate among trans, especially um, uh, trans kids, is really high. Um yeah, I, know. I just saw a statistic. I, thought, I thought some of it had to do with um, people who transition, like in their twenties and thirties, uh -huh. when they hit like their forties and fifties, and and see how old women are treated. I thought that was I thought that was a factor. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> you know, I so far now the thing is that I, I still if I have to I can whip out my male privilege, especially on the phone. You know, if they start giving me the female thing, I could pull out my man voice and still talk like a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to do that once to my bank. <laughs> Did it? It worked. Yeah, it oh. worked. See that? <laughs> I can't do that. I would love to be able to do that. <laughs> well, you could you could use the mom voice. That works. I well, I, yeah, but um, that's I just come off as a bitch on the phone. Well, yeah, that's that. okay. That's okay. I came off as a bitch too, but I came off. You know, they don't call it a bitch when you. When you that's when what you I. Your man that's voice. my point. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have a man voice. And, you know, and, and that's one of the things is is you know I transitioned at fifty eight, so I was invisible. You know, it's like like uh, middle-aged women. Oh yeah, are invisible as far as so I don't get any hassles or anything. Well, okay, you know, so like I didn't I, realize I, that I, would be an advantage. I I personally yeah. hate the invisibility. Yeah, I mean well, you can tell because that's why my hair is blue. Yeah. So well, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is you can have that's the, and and people don't bat an eye. It's it's perfectly acceptable for for um, women of age. To uh, have blue hair or dress <laughs> however the fuck they want. Yeah, and yes and no. So, it's yeah. also because I'm freelance and I don't have to go to an office every day. Yeah, well, so there's that too. Um, and that that's that that was an issue. But you know, it's actually when I started, it was like uh, when I started, I, I wanted again, like I said, I wanted the mental changes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I when I started, I was going, oh my god, I. I should I take these pills because it, you know, I might get boobs. And then it's like, you know, it's like when I first started, it's like, don't grow, don't grow. And after a while, you know, when I finally really embraced the female, I'm like, grow, grow, grow. <laughs> Well, all of those stupid arm exercises that, that those of us who were born female were doing as teenagers they don't work i know just letting you know <laughs> that was also known when the women were when the girls were doing that you know the, the whole we must we must we must increase our yeah size. and then and then there was that, that stupid barbie doll that came out when i was in oh, my 20s it, it was okay. it was a skipper it uh -huh. was like puberty it wasn't puberty called skipper? puberty skipper but it was puberty <laughs> skipper and you twisted her oh. arm and she got tits and so all oh, of these girls, all of these girls were like twisting, were hurting themselves. Oh my so they had to take it off the market. <laughs> I did not catch that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, it's yeah, something yeah. that was you, you would not have been interested in that when it came out. Probably not. <laughs> now, Joey hasn't mentioned that she was presenting female part time 
for a while. You a go while. to work with a, like a sport bra to keep mm-hmm. the you know boobs from showing and yeah. um, and uh, yeah, it's about six months. Long, big shirts to no, to hide <laughs> yeah. stuff. and then uh, and then come home and immediately take off the, the boy clothes, put on makeup. Go through all my clothes and find things that. Cheryl <laughs> <laughs> yeah. has lost a lot of weight. She used to be as big as me, and so which means that she's got a whole bunch of clothes that don't fit her anymore, but do fit me. Well, there so, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I came pre-wardrobe. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we have the same shoe size too, just about. So wow. Mine are wider. <laughs> Feet are wide, yeah. But with sandals, it doesn't matter because sandals are very forgiving. Okay. Well, I yeah. I appreciate the two of you taking the time to talk okay. to me during the convention. If you don't want to talk more. I, can I do mean, that. I it's like we, got, we could, we could, the but I doesn't start for like an hour. So. <laughs> well, we could talk. I just not record. I'm not Sorry. holding this thing. Yeah. Okay. Did you get enough? Yeah. Hi, I'm Robin Renee, performing songwriter. You can find me online at robinrenee.com and you can connect with all my social media there. And you can find my music on iTunes, CD Baby, and elsewhere around the web. Uh, Today I wanted to highlight a project by a couple of very cool creative folks I know, Kevin Patterson and Alana Fellin. Kevin is the author of Love is Not Colorblind, Race and Representation in Polyamorous and Other Alternative Communities. And Alana is, uh, she goes by the Polyamorous Librarian. And she offers relationship support, workshops, and things like that. But together, they are working on a series of books called For Hire, and it looks really fabulous. Um, It's about queer, polyamorous superheroes of all races and backgrounds. And um, from what I'm seeing, I'm, I'm just really excited about it. The first one is called Operator, and they have an Indiegogo happening to uh, put this together. And I will put the link on our site because I really want to uh, support this project. So check it out. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color, printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies. Spiral-bound to lay flat when open. Printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. This is Mary, and I'm very excited that next week we will have a guest that I'll be interviewing. I got to meet with uh, an old friend of mine, Peggy Farrelly. She is the president of the chapter of NOW that is takes place in New Jersey in Middlesex County and Somerset County. And she's also a psychologist, I believe she is. And uh, anyway, she's an expert on counseling and she has some great ideas and things to tell us about about the state of the country and the state of ourselves. So I look forward to you all hearing that on September 5th. Hi, this is Wendy again. Um, I just want to mention really quick that today has been fraught with technical problems. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> usually, usually it's just one of us is having trouble when we when we connect up on Skype, but today each of us had our own individual issues and every once in a while I'm hearing a buzz in my headphones and I'm hoping that it's not going to show up on the show, but if it does, it, this is I we are aware of it. I have no idea why um and I will be debugging it, I hope. And I hope it's not my brand new microphone that's decided to be cranky. Um, so that's my apology for tech problems. Uh, <clears throat> so last weekend I was at the World Science Fiction Convention in San Jose, uh, which was called Worldcon 76. And that's where the Hugo Awards are presented to 
the people who have been nominated over uh, earlier in the year, um, and then the fans who are going to it, it's um, the the Hugo Awards are named after Hugo Gernsback, and they are given uh, to um, written work and uh, and film and other media work uh, in in the science fiction and fantasy genres and um and this year uh women and uh people of color who were also women <laughs> have pretty much swept all of the awards which was i thought was amazing um sadly i did not get to read all of the novels that were up for for voting because i there was just wasn't time for me to do that um but then, you know, but then when I was voting, I didn't vote for things I hadn't read yet. So like that whole category, I didn't even vote for. But I did read all of the graphic novels that were up for Hugo's uh, and they were all amazing. Um, we could put a link to the list of nominees and the winners uh, so you guys can go look for stuff. And it caused me at, at the end of the convention in the dealer's room to go purchase like because, uh, like, for example, one of the volumes of Saga, which is a, a graphic novel um, that won the Hugo this year, and, but it was only uh, volume seven. So um, what I did in the dealer's room, I bought volumes one through nine because I think, or one through eight, because that's what's out right now. So I can read the entire thing from beginning to end or beginning to where it's ended now. Um because this is just also it's just stuff that was published or released in 2017 i should have mentioned that before um and uh it, for example um in the the long form um dramatic work which is a category uh wonder woman beat out um the last jedi and uh, whatever Avengers movie was out in 2017. <laughs> I don't remember which one. Oh, it was, I think it was Thor Ragnarok um, and the other and other films. But Wonder Woman um, was the one that won the Hugo. And um, a TV show I had never heard of won the Hugo for uh, Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form. Um, we also had the first um, Black and Native American woman ever to win the John Campbell Award for New Writers, and she also won uh, the Hugo for Best Short Story. The other thing of note that happened, and it was also, um, there was a, a fairly significant representation from the Latinx and Mexicanx uh, contingent, um, the guest of honor, uh, the guest of honor artist, was uh, John Picaccio, who is, um, I believe, of Mexican descent. Uh, he's an amazing artist. I've been like seeing his work show up on Facebook occasionally over the years. Uh, I didn't realize that was that guy, <laughs> but you know, when I went to the art show and I saw all the stuff, so, oh yeah, I've seen this stuff. This stuff is amazing. Um, the other thing that happened. Um, as what usually happens in fandom, uh, there's usually some kind of argument going on in the background before the Hugos, like when the nominations are, are posted and people who were complaining that certain things didn't get on the ballot or that, it, you know, this is... Um, so there was a guy, and I'm not going to name names because I don't like to give these people publicity because that's kind of why they're doing it in the first place. Uh, there was someone, a writer, who um, was disinvited from the convention because he had threatened to disrupt the convention, and it's within their bylaws that, like, hey, if you're gonna, if you, if you say you're gonna come in and 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 start something, we have the right to ask you not to show up. So he decided to organize a protest of the convention um, and he got, I guess, some MAGA people interested in showing up and this was all supposed to go down on Saturday and on Friday, I believe, the person who wanted to organize this in, 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 at all left town for personal reasons or whatever. So the day of the thing, um, 
there were maybe maybe a dozen i've had some other people and because we could see it from our, our our hotel room there were maybe a dozen people in maga hats with trump signs and um and a sign about about it be you know like stop pedophilia think of the children and i'm going what <laughs> does this have to do with anything and so there's like you know maybe a dozen people and they're standing around and then and then about 25 police or 30 police were on the scene in this line um because i i also think there may there was there were um reports of antifa showing up too and but i didn't really see any evidence of people who were you know um on the social justice warrior liberal side of anything showing up being down there um, and if there were, the police were definitely keeping the two groups separated. Um, and they kind of got these uh, portable fences and kind of had all of the MAGA people in this little fenced area, which was blocking the blood mobile. So I don't know what kind of optics they were thinking that was going to be. So <laughs> that's so weird. So it's just strange that there would be a blood mobile right there. Oh, there was a blood drive all weekend. That was part of the the convention. It's there's there's usually a um, a blood drive. Uh, it's the Heinlein Society sponsors those, and and every Worldcon has a blood drive. But this one oh, usually it's just like one that. day. Yeah, usually it's one day. But this one was there for three like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The the uh, the blood mobile was there. And during the protest, they were they were fencing them off right next to the bloodmobile, and for a while you couldn't get to the bloodmobile because of the the twelve people who were protesting. Um, so did the person? I you know I know you don't want to give this person glory or anything, but I'm just curious about this the reason that they started the protest. Were they did they feel they were left out because they were conservative, or what was their? Yeah, I think so. What was their beef? I, I think so. I think I think uh, he writes a lot of military science fiction. I think, and I think he's he leans conservative, mm. um, and uh, you know he just I don't know. It's like I did not delve into any of you know. Usually, you can find these huge arguments blowing up online all over the place in various science fiction you know community areas on the internet. And I avoided them all. I kind of was peripherally aware that this was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and I really, really, really wanted to go down and just ask these people, if you're against pedophilia, why are you supporting a guy who allegedly raped a 14-year-old? You know? Um, oh, boy. <laughs> so... Uh, but then, yeah, and I also was thinking, like, do I want... I wasn't sure that the police would let me go talk to them, especially if I was going to be antagonistic. So I mm -hmm. kind of just like stayed the hell away from the whole thing and just watched it from my room when I was up there. Yeah, I don't think we're missing that interview, to be honest. No, no, I really, crazy. no, I wasn't going to change any minds. And I figured, let me just not be like the person that makes to just start something just to start something. Mm -hmm. Um, well, you, you know, when you were saying that there were protesters, there were like right-wing protesters out there protesting this world con, which is celebrating literature and books. And I was saying, what do they have against books? But then I realized, oh, well, yeah, now I kind of understand it, that they do have something against books because the books have ideas. In them. Yeah, well, there's also, there has also been uh, revelations of, fairly famous authors um, abusing their children, you know, and all this other horrible stuff that's come out after they die kind of thing. And and, um, and I think that's maybe where the pedophilia stuff comes from, but I'm not sure. Um, and is that just indigenous to science fiction writers? No, it's not. Sorry. It's not, but, uh, you know, yeah. it, but it, it's... it's who, but I that's their understand. subculture, so that's what they're reacting to. I, think I well, it's also how are you going to argue against being against pedophilia? Right. You, you know, like you can't like say why are you? You can't argue with because it's like yeah, I agree. There shouldn't be pedophilia in the science fiction community. Why well, there shouldn't be pedophilia anywhere? But. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> 
but it's like point you know pulling that out of this particular community is kind of us it's i don't know that if it's a stretch or not and i'm probably going to get some feedback about this um but i don't know what that has to do with you know the whole conservative agenda that's you know it didn't the two things didn't match for me and it was just very confusing <laughs> yeah but it was a great time um and worldcon moves around uh next year it's in dublin and Ooh. two years from now it is in new zealand and I will not be able to afford to attend either of those. Um, and 2021, they're going to vote on next year, the location. And I'm really hoping that uh, Washington, D.C. wins that one. Um, so if you, if you are a science fiction person and you do go to Worldcon, uh, join up as a supporting member of the Dublin Worldcon so you can vote on where it's going to be in 2021. And you can vote for DC, and then we could all be together. You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com, on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday.